Aren't you glad that you are a friend of God? The Bible says that, that you did not choose me, but I chose you. Aren't you glad he chose you? Oh, bless the Lord in this place. It's good to be chosen. Am I right about it? It's good to be chosen. I, I'm, I'm going to get to for today's message, but as we're singing the song, you know how many times as children will play on the playground, get time for games, and they will choose who they want on their team, and, and, and you never want to be the last one chosen. The last one chosen be, was because due to everybody had to play, you're going to be on my team, but I don't want you anyway. But yet, we were not lastly chosen, but he already predestined, he already forechose us. We weren't chosen by happenstance or by mistake, but he chose us for a particular purpose. Aren't you glad that God knows exactly what he is doing when he formed us and made us? May you pause for a word of prayer. Father, we pray right now, Lord. We, as we come to open up your word, to hear clearly from you, God, I pray, let it be all of you and none of me to preach your word to us, your people. Speak now, Lord, for your servant is listening. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. If you can join me to the gospel according to John, the eighth chapter, as we are continuing on looking at the I am statements given by Jesus in the gospel according to John. We'll be looking at the second statement. We've looked at, I am the bread of life. Now, today, we will look at, 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 at Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. If you have a say, man, if you're not this, please say, hold on. I'll hold on so we can journey on together. Uh, we'll be looking at primarily just the 8th chapter and the 12th verse in this gospel. According to John, I will be reading from the New Living uh, Translation. If you don't have it, say hold on. Amen. Let us begin. It, Word of God has Jesus speaking Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Looking at this text, we want to deal with I am the light of the world. I want to use for the illustration a movie you might not seen, you might not have, it does not matter, but the name of the movie is called Pitch Black. This movie is dealing with the going on a planet that all the planets aligned and it blocked it from the sun. So therefore, that planet was in total darkness, hence the title, Pitch Black. And when that planet became totally dark, everything that had life that was on the top side of the planet will become, be destroyed and devoured when darkness came. I want you to grab here that the light brought forth light and it brought forth life. 
But when the light was absent, so was life. Am I talking to somebody here? And they ended up on this planet and they were trying to figure out what was going on. Can they can they survive? Can they make it? And and they hit them that they only had until the sun set. And once the sun set, it will be in total darkness for a, a, a certain amount of time. But the time, no matter how long it was dark, was not going to be long enough for them to survive. And the only way they could survive is if they had light. I'm trying to encourage us today that the only way we can survive ourselves in this world is if, if we have light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I want to highlight this, that he did not say the light of the Israelites. He did not say the light of the, of the sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No, he said the light of the world. So tell your neighbor, in case you didn't know, that means me. That means he will provide light for all who come after him. He says, if you follow me, you will not walk in darkness. Is that what it says? But before I get into what he is saying, can I give us a little background here? Jesus is found here, 8th chapter, 12 verse, one more time in the synagogue. You might be familiar what happens earlier here from John 7, chapter 53rd verse to 811, woman caught in adultery. How they were trying to trap Jesus and, and find some way to persecute him. And, and Jesus looked at them and he simply said to them, he without sin cast the first stone. The Bible records the eldest to the youngest dropped their stones respectively. And then Jesus looked up and saw that there was no one there. Looked at the woman, says, where are thine accusers? She said, they have gone. He said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. But before that, Jesus was teaching to them that if they thirst and they come unto me, I will give them living water and they will fill with a welling spring. And, and then some of them got caught up. They sent the, the guards to go after Jesus, but they came back empty handed and they said, we never heard anybody. Talk like this. Uh, he must be who he say he is. And we have another account by Nick at night. Y'all know him, Nicodemus. It came at night. Uh, Nicodemus says he is uh, the Messiah. They said, no, 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 that can't be the Messiah. You should search the scripture. Nothing comes from Galilee. So they're all confused on who he is. They're trying to trap him. They're trying to condemn him. They're trying to negate him. But yet Jesus came back one more time to tell him, I am the light of the world. Y'all with me now? Jesus is telling them, I am the light of the world because they understood why they were gathering. There was a feast, the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles was introduced and they do this now after the Day of Atonement. Not to spend too much time on the Day of Atonement, but the Day of Atonement means the day they made the sacrifice and all were forgiven for their sins. And then they had the booth of tabernacles and the tabernacles or the booths or the tents represent the children of Israelites living in the wilderness. And all they had was a tabernacle, what we would call a mobile home nowadays. Uh, they, they, they had to build up their tent uh, and sleep in it, tear it down and walk again. Uh, and that's how they were living. So they would do this during this feast to remind themselves of how God delivered them. Now, look at the symbolic here. God delivered them from, the, from Egypt. 
through Moses. Moses is their redeemer. And Moses being their redeemer, he led them into the promised land. God told the people that through Moses, another one like him will come. They have been waiting for that other one to come. And so as they're waiting for this other one to come, they have been missing the signs. Tell your neighbor they're missing the signs. And as they were missing the signs, they were not clearly able to see who was before them. And since they were not able to clearly see who was before them, Jesus took it upon himself to reveal to them, I am the light of the world. Now, when they heard this, they were not fools. They were educated men of the scriptures. And when they heard this, Jesus saying, I am, saying a comparison of him of being God, say the light, so specific, not just a light, but the light made them go back in their mind and start thinking, he's trying to put himself up there with God. Because God, as the light, led us, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. How did he do it? Y'all asking good questions. He said he'd take you by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God was being the light on their path. Does not the word say the Lord is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path? Come on, somebody. Do you see here how God is always involved in clearly giving us specific directions to where he wants us? to be. But the problem is, are we looking at the signs? They got caught up hearing him saying, I am the light. We see all the verses below hand, they just were upset with him. Who are, you, who are you saying this? How can you verify this? Who are you? Who are you? And I'm not going to go and deal with that part of the text, but I'm going to let you understand this point, that they said, how dare you stand up and say you are somebody when there's no other witness? But Jesus already says, I am testifying of myself, of my father, who is my witness. And, and if you look harder in the text, they say, where is your father? Because they were not understanding. They were going physical, physical, physical. Well, where's your daddy, huh? We know your daddy is, the little carpenter man. Where he at, huh? How can he verify this? But he's pointing out, if you knew my father, then you would know me. And then they go on to say, we are Abraham's children. He says, no, you're not. Because if you were Abraham's children, then you would be acting like your daddy. If you was acting like your daddy, then you would recognize the son. But since you don't know your daddy, you don't know the son, you in darkness. But I'm here to let you know, I am <laughs> the light. Aren't you glad that God is patient with us? How we walk around thinking, I know who I am, I know what I'm about, and you can't tell me anything. But God is simply saying, I got patience, I'll, I'll, I'll make it clear to you again. I am the light. You think you're going the right way, you're telling everybody, I'm doing the right thing, I'm going the right way. But everything keeps on falling apart, everything keeps on messing up, everything keeps on going the wrong way. But you're convinced that it, 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 can't, it, it has to be hard in order for it to be right. And people are telling you, you're not going the right way. You in your heart are upset, you're compromised. Perplexed and confused because when in doubt there is sin. But faith brings peace. Faith brings peace. Faith 
brings peace. And when Jesus revealed that I am the light of the world, then there's a response. The response is to follow the light. When you are in total darkness and you're trying to find your way out, you're looking for some light. Come on, somebody. You, 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 you realize that darkness represents the world. First John, sorry, John, the first chapter talks about how the light of the world came in, but the world received it not. It comprehended it not. Then it goes on to John 3, third chapter, verse 19, saying that those who are who reject the light love their darkness because they love their wicked deeds. We need to be careful that we we sometimes like the light when it's convenient, but we love the dark when it takes care of ourselves. It's, a, it's, it's, it's amazing that even when you know you're doing wrong, you try to turn off the lights. You dim your shades. You close the door behind you. You always try to bring some closer in and cover up what you're doing because you don't want it to be revealed or anybody to be enlightened to understand what you are doing is wrong. So therefore you hide. But Jesus is saying that if you follow me, you will never walk in darkness. In, in the movie Pitch Black, the, the, at the end of the movie, I'm going to ruin the movie for you, so don't worry about watching. I'm going to tell you how it happens. At the, at the end of the movie, they, they are running back to their spaceship trying to get off this dark planet, but all they have is some lamps. These little lights. And this little light, come on somebody, this little light was able to keep the enemy away. This little light was able to preserve their life. This little light gave them direction of where they wanted to go. That's why we got to teach our little children, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And when they let it shine, it's amazing how the enemy was scared of the light. The enemy left them alone. But when they got out of the light, oh, the enemy jumped on them and devoured them. So our response to the revelation that Jesus is the light is for us to follow the light. Tell your neighbor, follow the light. Because we're following the light. We're staying on the path. Now, here's the other point I want you to grab about following the light. You may not go where you want to go. But just follow the light. You see, many of us need to be nudged anyway just to do something. Because you won't do it on your own. But if somebody pushes you to do something that you would not do otherwise, you find out, thank you for pushing me. I, I found a brand new experience in my life by doing this. It reminded me of in, in high school that you got to pass swimming tests in order to graduate. My mother, bless her heart, took me to swimming class since I was a little kid. But my mother loved her baby boy so much that she told me, do not go into the deep end. And because of that, I developed a fear of the deep end. Because mama said, do not go. And mama said, do not go because it was implied you might drown. And so since it was implied that I would drown to go into the deep end, I always stayed in the shallow end. And shallow end meant to me, as long as my feet could touch the bottom, I'm all right. I'm not going to operate in any circumstance where I don't have full control. So if I can stand in the three feet, knowing I'm just three feet and one inch, I can go up like this just a little bit. 
And I will venture in where it gets, you know, it gets deeper and deeper. And once I can no longer bounce up and down, I start going back to where I can control my rhythm. But it came to me getting to high school. I had to overcome my fear of the unknown. I, I had to get into the deep end and tread water. And I, I was telling my teacher, he knew me since I was a kid going to the classes. He knew I could swim. He knew I was efficient in swimming. He knew I was able to swim. But I told him, I can't do it. He said, I know you can do it, Sam. I've seen you swim. You're very good. You can hold your breath very long. This is before I can't do that anymore. I was in shape then. You can do it. You can hold your breath very long. You're able to maintain. And I said, I just cannot do it. He said, well, just get up to the water. You just look at the water. And he pushed me in. I got in the deep end, and you supposed to tread water. I was just doggy paddling with my life. I'm getting towards the end, and nobody got to be in there for a minute. Oh, man. And I did it. Then after that, next thing I did, I was jumping off the diving board. Doing front flips, doing back flips. I was doing all kinds of stuff. But if he did not push me to go into the direction I did not want to go, I would not have been able to pass. All I'm trying to point out, that God is taking you sometimes through a path that's dark before you, but he's light before you. And so as the light goes before you, he will take you into a place he wants you to go in order for you to pass. But if you do not go, you'll never know. The children of Israel, they did not know where the promised land was. If it was, they would have left a long time ago. Think about that for a moment. If you know you got some place you can be <laughs> other than slavery when you're not a left, come on, somebody. I, y'all looking kind of blank to me. Come on now. Come here, Harriet Tubman. Be my tutor. We don't know how to get up north. You better follow me. <laughs> and, and if you, don't, if you ain't going to follow me, I'm going to kill you. So you won't go back and get us caught. Watch out, somebody. She said, you better stay in the light because if you get off the path, you're on your own. And, 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 and rumor has it she had a revolver with no bullets. That she just scared them that she was going to shoot them, but she wasn't going to shoot them. Ain't that something? That's a small woman. Because you realize you get off the path, and dog's going to get you. <laughs> but yet you see here, she understood if you want to get where you want to go, you better follow one who knows where they're going. Jesus knows where he wants you to go. Hebrews writes out, tells us that he's the author and the finisher of our faith, which means he's writing out your story. And I'm so glad that my Jesus always is willing to turn the page because sometimes we are on sad pages. Am I right about it? (laughs) The story gets sad. (laughs) Tragedies come. Calamities come. But you can turn the page to a new chapter. He is not done with us yet. But we have to go through peaks and valleys just to get to the mountaintop. But you don't always stay at the mountaintop. You still got to go back down to the valley. It's a work in progress. Jesus reveals to us, I am the light. Our response is to follow him. Tell your neighbor, follow him. And when you're following him, you obey what he says. It's, it's no simpler than that. See, we, we, we tell ourselves we're following Christ, but we tell him where we want to go. That's not following. That's you trying to be a backseat driver. It's not a taxi cab service. 
that you held a taxi. I want to go to this destination. Here's the quickest route. No, 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 no. You need to say, Lord, I'm going where you're taking me. And Lord, when I get there, I know that will be my destination. Many of us have choos- chosen our careers, our families, everything we wanted. But yet we did not check with God. And when things blow up in our faces, we're going we're we're to blame God why it doesn't work out. But if you just simply follow the light, you will know which direction you are to go. The light will never lead us astray. Look how happy he said he was a, cl- a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. You know why people make campfires at night to keep the enemies away? They want to keep those, their livestock away. They don't want no bear coming up on us so they sleep close to the fire. The bear's scared to get burned. We just, we just sleep next to the fire to stay safe. People use fire to ward off enemies. We use fire for, for defense purpose. Jesus, Jesus letting us know, I will be your light. Look what happened when they crossed the Red Sea. It said that God became a pillar of fire and he blocked the enemy and put him in confusion so he could not get the children of Israel. And then when they got on the other side, God left them, the Egypt alone, let them go right into the path <laughs> to their destruction. I want you to understand that outside of the path of life, if you're not following him, then you are going into the darkness. See, see, the revelation is Jesus said, I am the life. I am the light of the world. Our response is to follow him. And then our reaction to the response is that we will never walk in darkness. Tell your neighbor, never walk in darkness. Because when you're walking in darkness, you are open for the enemy. The enemy seeks whom he may devour. In the movie Pitch Black, there were these enemies that were seeking to do nothing but to devour their prey. They, as soon as you got out to the darkness, they uh, attacked. As soon as you went out to darkness, they attacked. As soon as they went out to darkness, they attacked. As soon as you go out in the darkness, the enemy is attacking. Got a few, few hand claps. Some of y'all, some of y'all just must not experienced it. That, that means y'all on the wrong path. Because y'all, y'all ain't know the enemy messing with you. You, you, just, you just sitting there, that ain't happened to me. Because Jesus told Peter, the enemy desires to shift you as we, but I pray so that after you go, he will you repent and restore. See, even Jesus told Peter, the strongest one, the enemy's trying to get you. But some of y'all saying, like, the enemy ain't messing with me. Uh-huh. That means he already got you. Because the enemy don't care about you. See, I, I read it somewhere. The enemy says this. The enemy tells you that what you're doing is no big deal. And then once you do it, the enemy tells you it's too big for God to forgive you. Both are lies. Sin is always a big deal. And God's always able to forgive you. But the question is, are you living in darkness? You see, there's a difference between living in darkness and sometimes falling in darkness. Living in darkness means you're beholding what is evil and what is wicked. And the sad things in our lives that we are acting like hypocrites. The Bible talks about hypocrite, and basically the word breaks down to be an actor, one who wears a mask. So one performs on stage as one thing, but really off the stage is another thing. Many of us have stages at work, at home, at church. 
And we're able to perform at those places. But God is not concerned about your performance. God is concerned about what's really going on on the inside. Because if, if you really have transformation on the inside, it will come forth out of the outside. And so when you have been transformed as being a child of the light, you no longer are walking in darkness, but you're walking in the light. And look here at the reaction. When you're walking in the light, you now have life. Oh, come on, somebody. You see, many of us think that this is living when I got my raise or I got my new car or I got accepted to this college or so-and-so saw me and recognized me or I got so-and-so's autograph. Some of us think, oh, this is life. This is worth living for. But Jesus said that my life must perish in order to give you life. And Jesus being the light of the world, he's showing us the way. That those who want to follow him must deny themselves and pick up their cross. And then you're able to follow him. Many of us need to remove the obstacles that easily beset us and make us stumble and fall. But instead we need to remove them and make a clear path because with the light shining you can remove. Come on somebody. It's easy to clean your house with the lights on. Am I right about it? You know what the mess is. We turn the lights off. Everything look clean. Come on, somebody. But when you turn the lights on, you can see the mess and the disgusting. And, and you say, Lord, uh, we need to get up in this place. And we can start sweeping up. We can start cleaning up. And you know what you do. You take the trash out. Jesus is showing how to, when we follow him, we can get the trash out. By walking in the light. And that's why we can look at Psalm 27. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Or we can better understand when Isaiah was speaking the words of God in the 60th chapter. says, no longer will you have the sun for light by day. For, nor the brightness will be moon given to you light, but you will have the Lord for an everlasting light, and your God for your glory. Your sun will no longer your sun will no longer set, nor will your moon wane, for you will have the Lord for an everlasting light. And the days of your mourning will be over. Thank you, Jesus. Then all your people will be righteous. They will possess the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. The smallest one will become a clan and the least one a mighty nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. Do you understand that he's pointing out to us, to the children of Israel, that there'll be a time you won't need the sun, nor will you need the moon, because I will be your light. Can I help you to fast forward when he comes back again? The sun will be gone. The moon will be gone. The stars will be gone. But we will see the Lord seated on the throne, and his glory will be as light to us. 
us. And we won't sweat and we won't burn. We won't even get a suntan because this perfect light will will glow on our perfect bodies because we'll behold his glory. Because the whole desire of the light of the world is for his children to be with him. I, I want you to grasp how far the light is from us. We, we, you know how the saying goes, how you can shoot for the stars. The least you can do is land on the moon, right? I want you to grab that. I want you to grab this because do you know that the furthest star is further away from us than the sun? The cl- that went over somebody said, let me break it down to you. The stars are further away. The stars you see in the sky are further away than the sun. That's how far the light is. But yet, the stars that we see are a past reflection of the light that was already shined. It's a past reflection of the light that's already shined. So in the same process of our lives, we have the light. <clears throat> that reflects that refracts light in our lives so that we can be light to other people. And you can be light just like the stars that you might be going on somewhere. You might not have to leave this world, but you could just go to another state, another country, but people can remember the light you left them behind. That you show them the way. Come on, somebody. Jesus being the rising sun, the the bright and the morning star, left light behind to show us the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world. If you come follow me, you will never walk in darkness, but instead you will have the light of life. In this dark world. The enemy is trying to deceive you. He's trying to distract you. But you can let the enemy know that I have the light of the world. He is my strength. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength. Whom should I be? Afraid of. That's why you can be still and know that he is God. Because the darkness can never overcome the light. And I'm going to throw this one in for free. Never is the darkness good. When he made light into dark and he made day into night, he said separating the light from the dark was good. Light will never be with darkness, and darkness will never be with light. So your choices today, will I follow the light, and will I react to the light by not getting into darkness, but following after him and having life, never life, everlasting. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Someone here today who wants to walk in this light, you have not confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, And believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God rose him from the grave. And you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. We want to lead you in that confession. That's you today. Just repeat after me. No one's looking but me. Just repeat after me to saying, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. 
And you rose again from the grave on the third day. And Lord Jesus, I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. Still with every head bowed and every eyes closed. If that's you. You pray that prayer for the first time. Raise your hand. If that's you, 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 if that's you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Father, we come right now. We thank you, Lord, for salvation. We thank you, Lord, for deliverance. Father, Lord, we thank you, God, that you are the light of the world. Whom shall we fear? Lord, though darkness will try to encamp and come all around us, God, we know we, will, we are overcomers. That we are more than conquerors because you, you are our light leading us into the direction that you want us to be. So, Father, let us not lean to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you and you will direct our path. Father, Lord, there's someone here, God, is looking for a church home. Lord, we, we extend our hands to them, God, that we may be that place for them. And, and, and may there be a blessing to us as we'll be a blessing to them as we continue building a better community, serving in unity. Father, have your way in this place is our prayer. Amen. May we stand as we, as we extend a hand and an invitation of discipleship to someone here.